gon' feel the heat. Yeah, they gon' feel the heat. They gon' feel the heat. Tell your whereabouts ain't they ready? Nah. Yeah, you gon' feel the heat. They ain't ready. Yeah. Let's get it. Biggest discussions, games of the week. All up for debate, you gon' feel the heat. Come listen in, come take a peek. Day and web gon' make you feel the heat. Who got the win? Who saw the feet? Take a seat, you gon' feel the heat. Let them speak, you gon' feel the heat. Mic check one two, you gon' feel the heat. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Feel the Heat Championship. Saturday was crazy, man. Overtime game with Baylor in Oklahoma. And then the blowout by LSU. I did not see it coming like that. And then the mishap by Wisconsin. I mean, how do you come out in the second half and play so lackadaisical? We about to get into it. Webb is back. He just enjoyed his birthday weekend. We got some hot heat for you, man. Sit back and relax and enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome to Feel the Heat. I'm your host, Day. My co-host, Webb, just checked in. Missed you on Friday. How was your birthday, man? Man, it was great. I had a great time. Um... Well, at least I can say it was great for like the first hour and a half. The, after that, things get fuzzy. But anyway, let's get into the show. <clears throat> you guys already know you have questions. We have answers here at Feel the Heat. We back up our tapes with the facts and numbers. Everyone has an opinion, but not everyone backs up the facts, uh, backs it up with the facts. And as Webb always says, numbers don't always tell the whole story. Feel free to send us your questions or topics at anchor.fm forward slash feel the heat forward slash message or on Twitter at feel the heat underscore KW or BYM underscore sports and we'll take care of your questions. All right, jumping right in. Conference Championship Saturday brought us some thrillers and some blowouts. Some we expected, some we did not. We're going to start in the Pac-12 Utah versus Oregon. What went wrong for Utah, Webb? Honestly, I think they just didn't have a good enough team. Um, hold on, I'm trying to get to my get to my page. It just looked like Oregon was the better team coming into this game. They were the underdog and they wanted it more. Tyler Huntley threw two picks, one and one and two late touchdowns, pretty much midway third quarter. Zach Moss had one touchdown and. Uh, was rushing for 50 yards and Utah had a nice had a nice touchdown on a fade from Sanson Nakua and the two-point conversion which made it a one which made it a uh I'm sorry I can't talk today made it a one score game but their defense sucked they gave up 239 yards total for rushing CJ Riddell was a beast 200 plus rushing yards and three touchdowns those are mad numbers those are video game-like numbers. 
The announcer was screaming because Jawan Johnson, former Penn State receiver, just got a 50-yard ball. Johnny Johnson, the other receiver, went with for 87 yards. And he got a long ball. I believe it was like something like that. I mean, Oregon was just consistently making plays on both sides of the ball. Um, I think they got, I think Utah got stopped on fourth down twice. Justin Herbert looked good, but his numbers were okay. 14 for 26, 193 yards, one touchdown. But honestly, he didn't have to do much. What'd you see out there? I just think that Utah looked like they didn't belong. Um, the O-line didn't protect Tyler Huntley. He was sacked six times. Like you said, he threw two interceptions. One was in the end zone. Um, and Utah had been used to dominating the line and using their rushing game to punish the opposing teams. But it just didn't happen that way against Oregon because their D was on point. They played well on both ends of the field. And that's what happens when you play well. You get the dub. All right, on to the Big 12 web. Baylor versus Oklahoma round two. I was really excited for this matchup. Um, just because we've seen earlier in the season how Baylor got up early on Oklahoma. But it really didn't happen that way this time. Oklahoma got the best of Baylor again. So what can we um, credit that to for the win for Oklahoma? I'm having a little trouble hearing you. Uh, can you hear me now? Yeah, we're good. Okay, I was just asking, like, what what can we credit the W to for Oklahoma? I think they just, they had a better team. I mean, I didn't think Oklahoma was going to lose this time because last time they didn't have C.D. Lamb. Um, and he played well when Jalen Hurts was able to get him the ball. He had eight receptions for 173 yards, but no touchdowns, which is kind of uncharacteristic. But Jalen Hurts, 17 for 24, 287 yards pass down. And this is the part that's concerning for Jalen Hurts. He also threw a pick and he fumbled the ball. The ball carrying looked good outside of that. Kennedy Brooks, the primary chain mover with 59 yards, which off 17 carries, which doesn't sound like much, but three carry and a touchdown, I think, I think that's reliable. I think he played better than what his stats reflected, but he put up the first seven points. Ramonde Stevenson scoring from up close, like 10 yards out in OT, but six sacks and 15 tackles for loss. Baylor lost up front most of the game, including when it mattered most in OT, on third down and fourth down for Baylor's last chance to score. But uh, going forward, looking for the looking into the playoffs, Oklahoma concerns me a little bit because I feel like they rely a little bit too much on Jalen Hurts and CeeDee Lamb. I mean, Charleston Rambo, he's good, but if that's your third, if that's your third uh, best option, looking at the company they're sitting with, like LSU and Ohio State, it doesn't look good for Oklahoma. I agree, especially going against the defense who, I mean, LSU's defense and Ohio State's defense are a lot, you know, quicker, a lot faster, more athletic, get to the quarterback, can dominate the line. Um, they have really good DBs out there, good linebackers. I mean, all over the field on defense for both those teams, they play really well. I feel like for Baylor, though, we can uh, toss up this loss 
for Baylor um, due to injuries because they were going into overtime working on their third string um, quarterback. I mean, but it doesn't matter. When you get into a situation where your number is called, you have to be ready to go to lead your team. And like you said, having uh, consecutive incompletions, uh, failed attempts on third and fourth down in overtime, it's just not going to it's not going to get you a win. And it's definitely not going to get you a bid into the college football playoffs. I mean, Baylor's high, highest rusher had 19 yards rushing. They um, were not productive on, on the ground at all. Their quarterback, their first-string quarterback before he went out and injured, I think he had 159 yards passing. Um, they, 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 they didn't really push Oklahoma to the test. I mean, yeah, they went overtime, you could say that. Um, but I don't really feel like there was ever really a threat. You can kind of say that the reason they stuck in the game is because you know, Oklahoma didn't play their best game. And if Oklahoma doesn't bring their best game going into the f- football playoffs, then they'll be leaving and, and taking an early exit as well. But I will say, but I will say this: had Baylor had more time, it, things might have been different. Because when Baylor, when they had a little bit of time to throw the ball, Tristan Ebner, two receptions, 84 yards. He had an 81-yard touchdown. Uh, same with Taquan Thornton. He snuck past the safety before halftime for like a 40-yard touchdown. But I, the protection just sucked. I agree with you. All right, this was like one of my favorite games. I was really looking forward to this game coming in to the weekend. I was looking forward to all of them, but really this one, LSU versus Georgia, more particularly because in our very first episode, our pilot episode, well, picked Georgia to be in the college football playoff, and they were in the hunt until Saturday. Um, this was a wrong game for Jake Brum and company to have a bad game. Um, were injuries in the, ma- the main factor for their loss, or was LSU just that much better than Georgia? I think it's a combination of both. Um, DeAndre Swift was injured. You had George Pickens, who didn't even come in until the second half, who was a non-factor at that time. Um, they had a couple injuries happen during the game where guys did not return, turn back to the field. LSU clearly the better team, have better offense. Um, they came out hot. They ended hot. Good game overall from the offense. The defense was off the chain, especially the freshman Derek Stingley. Two interceptions. They looked like he he knew the exact route and he played really well. Very impressive. Um, he's been impressive all year. Georgia had no rushing ta- rushing attack without without DeAndre Swift. You know their rushing attack was uh, in danger. And I mean, what they scored ten points the whole game. They scored three points the whole first half. You're not going to win a game like that versus an LSU team who is the hottest team, in my opinion, in the country right now. Yeah, like you said, just LSU was was the better team. They were too good. And not to mention, Georgia's kicker was one for three on field goals. Fromm sucked. He threw two picks and one touchdown in garbage time. DeAndre Swift was missing. Two carries, 13 yards. I don't know if he got hurt or what. I didn't finish watching the whole game. I I just couldn't because I was actually he was kind of bad because I wanted Georgia to win. But yeah, he, he was injured coming when, into the game. Bro. Yeah, when they did when they did get good pressure on Joe Burrow, they couldn't tackle him. I mean, Joe Burrow had 41 yards rushing, 349 passing, and four touchdowns. Nothing short of amazing. Justin Jefferson, 115 receptions on seven catches with a touchdown. He played great. LSU as a whole played well. Good luck next year, Georgia. That's all I got to say. Close but no cigar. Yeah, close but no cigar never does it. I did hear a commentator compare Joe Burrow to Tom Brady. He said he looks like Tom Brady 
when he was at Michigan just more athletic. Yeah, I think that's a good comparison, but I think what Joe Burrow is right now is a lot better than what Tom Brady was when he was at Michigan. Like, Joe Burrow has the potential to be a number one overall pick or at least an early first round. Tom Brady went, what, in the fifth, sixth round? Yeah. Tom Brady. So, I think... He was almost yeah. a last pick. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, I think they were a little bit off with your comparison, but, hey, everybody has their own opinion. All right, ACC, Virginia versus Clemson. I mean, not nothing we really should talk about, but it is conference championship weekend. Um... And Virginia stood no chance. Why? And basically it's because of what I said in episode um, 32, conference championship title episode, Bryce Perkins was going to get off. And I said he would. He had a really good running game. He had a really good throwing game. He had two touchdowns, but he also had two interceptions. Um, but he did his thing. He did what he could. For the most part, he accounted for more than half, almost like all of the, the offense, rushing and throwing. But it's just not enough against a team like that. I mean, um, besides, you know, his wide receiver, DeBow, he had no one to count on. And you can't really chuck that loss up to him. He gave it his whole heart this whole season. And Virginia's running backs never really helped him get established. So, I mean, 62 to 17 or something like that, there's no reason we should have to really uh, (laughs) expand upon this game. But if we have got anything to say, I'm good with that. I didn't even watch it for all the obvious reasons. Clemson's 13-0. They're ranked third in the nation, and they're the defending national champions. I think Virginia, what were they ranked, 24th, 25th? I know they was mid-20s. Yeah, yeah. So, honestly, there's nothing left to talk about. All right, Big Ten. I think we all waited for this matchup. We wanted to see if there was anybody in the regular season that could beat Ohio State and I think as the game started and Wisconsin got off really hot they played really well Jonathan Taylor was playing good the quarterback was playing good defense was playing good but they changed up after halftime they were up I believe 14-0 at half um no was I thought it was 21 to uh 7 at half 21-7 at half okay yeah they scored 14 points in the second quarter my bad um, but then they did something at halftime. They just went away from their game plan or they got too, you know, confident that they had did enough. And to me, when you're going against a team like Ohio State, you don't have time to shut down. You were shut out. Wisconsin should be ashamed of herself. You were shut out from getting into the end zone in the second half. You just can't do that against Ohio State. They, they're just too good for that. The perfect game for Justin Fields on a sprained MCL. 300 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. J.K. Dobbins, almost 200 yards rushing. You can't allow that to happen and want to play or even consider. I mean, you're, you're number 10 or I think, I don't know what number they were. They're, they were top 10, maybe number eight or something like that. Um, you can't think that you could get anybody to buy in to let you into the playoffs if you do something like that or you know what I mean like I was I was hearing the commentator say oh they shouldn't be punished for this loss against Ohio State they should still get the Rose Bowl but my thing is why why should you get the Rose Bowl when there's other teams out there that has a similar record if not a better record than you why should you get the Rose Bowl when you just got pretty much embarrassed by Ohio State what did you see out there Webb 
I mean, Ohio State made all the mistakes in the first half. I imagine there was a lot of film study and adjustments they have because Ohio State stuck to their guns and made adjustments in the second half, and things went well. Justin Fields started trusting his receivers, started trusting himself a lot more, and it paid off. I mean, in the beginning, I was kind of surprised at the way Wisconsin came out, but I like the way I like their game plan. They did a lot of misdirection plays. They slanted the offensive line to try to create some holes, which worked effectively. And the second half, Ohio State wasn't having none of that. Um, their punter dropped the ball in this, and I think the third quarter. Yeah, the beginning of the third quarter, I believe, dropped the ball, gave Ohio State the ball back inside the twenty. And just you can't make mistakes like that against Ohio State. And personally, I think they're the best team in the nation. I mean, that's that that statement's obviously objective at this point, considering how good LSU is. But I think all around, Ohio State's the most complete football team in the country. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you. I mean, you can't go with either one, Ohio State, LSU. They're both really hot right now. And I'm excited if they end up playing against each other in the playoff or the championship, which I think they will. I'm excited to see um, that game. I think it's going to be really, really good game to watch. Let's go ahead, move forward to the NFL. We'll start off with key injuries in week 14. It was just, it's just been a theme this whole year. So many teams have key players that have been injured. They're out for the season, out for multiple weeks. We'll start off with Darius Geis. You guys know he just came back from um, an MCL injury. ACL injury. Now this is the third time he's hurt the same knee and he has an MCL sprain in Sunday's loss to the Packers. Also, Redskins linebacker Ryan um, Kerrigan suffered a calf injury and cornerback um, Quentin Dunbar exited the game with a hamstring injury. It's not like it, they really were going to make a difference if the Redskins won against the Packers, but it's just sad to see. And then you see uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide out Mike Evans. He was knocked out of the game against the Colts with a hamstring injury. Had a 61-yard touchdown. I mean, he simply just ran past the, the, D, the DB and turned the burners on, and you've seen him, you know, slow up and pull up and hold his hamstring uh, once he got to the end zone or close to it. And it's sad to see. I mean, at this point, there's no rush for Mike Evans to come back. They're not going into the playoffs. Get healthy, come back next season. Um, also, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Jameis Winston has a tiny fracture in his throwing hand. Um, I, don't, I don't think that's the reason he's thrown 23-something interceptions this year, but it is what it is. Um, New Orleans Saints. Don't forget about uh, Calvin Ridley. He's out, He's done for the season with an abdominal injury. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, you got the that injury. You add in um, for the New, New Orleans Saints, Jared Cook with a head injury. Um, he left. Might be a concussion. Um, for concussion, uh, concussion protocol uh, because of tackle Sheldon Rankins also suffered an ankle injury and then there was Tom Brady in the post game following the loss to Cincinnati with a wrap and an ice bag on his right elbow um, he said he got hit on the right elbow during the game um, you know Tom Brady always is going to play through whatever he can but it, you know I just wish everybody would uh, be healthy also we got um, Patrick Mahomes He's going to go under x-rays, I believe, today on his right hand after he's complaining of injury or being hurt. I mean, the list goes on and on. On <laughs> You had Devontae Parker, Albert Wilson for the Dolphins, who were also injured. So 
you know, it it's been unfortunate for this season. The list could go on, guys, but we got to move forward. Um, unless you got an injury you want to add on there, Webb. No, you can keep going. Go ahead. All right, so we'll start. Bills versus the Ravens. This is the recap. Actually, can we back up for a minute? Um, let's back up. Let's take a break, and we'll be right back, okay? All right. All right, guys, we're back. Apologize for that. Um, thanks for staying tuned and listening to a word from our sponsors. Okay, so we're going to start with the game recaps. I noticed we didn't do player of the week for um, NCAA. We'll do that at the end with NFL. That's cool with you, Web. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. All right, so the Bills versus the Ravens. And here's the question that came in with this. Are the Bills still a top five team? Yes or no? Um. No, I don't think so. I think they sit right around seven or eight. No, maybe six or seven. Yeah, I'll go six or seven. What about, what about you? What do you think? I don't think they're a top five team. I mean, uh, with their offensive struggles, no. That's a simple answer. They have a t- the O's, too much of a liability. Josh Allen, like I said before, he finds an ugly way to win, but that's not going to work going forward into the playoffs. All right, 49ers versus the Saints. Let's see. Should the Saints be worried about going forward into the postseason? And I want to say this, Webb. I feel like we have been talking about this for the last few weeks, and I finally figured it out. What's wrong with the Saints? It's Alvin Kamara. He has not had a rushing touchdown since week seven. This week against the 49ers, he had 43 yards combined between rushing attempts and receiving yards. And they are just they just don't put that scare into teams like they once did before. Um, what did you see from that game that you like? I don't know. I think it was one of the best games of the year. Definitely a shootout. Um, but what did you see that you liked from both sides of uh, 49ers and the Saints? I mean, honestly, I'm not worried about the Saints. I think they're a good football team. I think there's just some... There's just some little kinks they got to work out. But like you said about the Kamara thing, wasn't he hurt in like the first three weeks of the season? I mean, he might have a lingering injury because when they, because when players get hurt, they don't talk about it going forward unless it's affecting them playing in the game. So honestly, I'm not worried about the Saints. Don't, in the wild card, I don't really see anybody threatening them. So. I mean, maybe the Seahawks, but maybe. But we'll get to that. But against the 49ers, the 49ers are riddled with injuries. I think I think things are going to spiral down quick for the 49ers. Just based off it. Didn't they? Uh, say that one more time? You said just based off of what? Just based off injuries. They have like five, six injured players. And that's key. Like you said, um, going down the home stretch and getting into the playoffs, that's very much key to have your team healthy. And that's why, you know, football, you just never know. You just never know what's going to happen. What about the Chiefs versus the Patriots? Did the Patriots get cheated? And should Tom Brady retire after this season? I think he should. 
I think they did get cheated, okay? But that isn't the reason they lost. Offensively, the Patriots have lost their explosiveness, and Brady isn't the same quarterback that he has been. I mean, he's 40-something years old. He's a lot slower, a little bit more inaccurate. I mean, he probably has a bunch of lingering injuries, too. I mean, he's so fragile being, you know, this many years in the NFL. You usually don't see this in the quarterback position. Um, What do you think? I think he should retire. I think his resume is so unique. I think at this point, he's just doing damage to it. I mean, you've seen uh, the Patriots were caught recording the Cincinnati Bengals hand signals. Mm-hmm. They got caught They got caught cheating again. If I was Tom Brady, I'd want to get up out of there. I wouldn't want cheating on my resume because all that does is just put an asterisk and asterisk next to my next to my wins next to my rings and that's what i'm thinking because if they've been caught this many times who knows where else they're cheating and honestly the uh the only trusted receiver that the the patriots have anymore is julian edelman i mean they got some relief with Nikhil harry coming off uh ir he did he did all right but i think i think tom should retire after this. I think you're right. I mean, I'm, I'm feeling like how, you know, Big Brad always says it's time for some new blood. And um, the new blood is Lamar Jackson. Um, you got was Patrick Mahomes. Those type of guys, those type of players, it's, it's time for them. It's their time um, to take over the league. All right. Seahawks versus the Rams. Are you still buying into the Seahawks being the real deal or have they been overhyped? OK, that's one set of questions. And then do the Rams look like they are turning up as they make a playoff push? What do you think? No. No, I think the Rams are finished. Uh, Brandon Cook's been a no-show all season. Todd Gurley's been extremely mediocre, which is surprising with the season he had last year. Um, In terms of, like, the Seahawks, outside of the first and second seeds, who who can they beat? I don't think they can beat... Green Bay, the Ravens, or the Niners. I don't even think they can beat the Saints. Time will tell. I will say this about the Seahawks. Everyone is due for a bad week, and their bad week came this week against the Rams. I think the Seahawks, they still are a real team. But like you said weeks ago, if they're going to depend on Russell to do everything, they won't be so much of a threat. I mean, the Rams, on the other hand, is a team that people – should be worried about if they make the playoffs and win a wild card spot in advance because they do have the talent, but the talent has to play and they have to show up. I mean, if you rely on Russell Wilson too much, I mean, Rashad Penny just tore his ACL, by the way. I forgot about that. Um, and that's tragic to, and that's tragic to see. But yeah, if they're going to rely on, uh, on Russell Wilson too much, that's just too easy for teams to scheme against. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it's just the whole thing is the same with um, the the quarterback at Virginia, Bryce Perkins. I mean, he's been really good. The team has a really good record. They're ranked. But if you're going to rely on him to be your number one rusher, pass the ball and throw touchdowns, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. And that's what um, the Seahawks have been doing with Russell. He's been effective at doing it, but as the season winds down, I think we'll see him regress a little bit. All right, so let's do our players of the week and get this over with. We won't get to the NBA segment of the show today, 
but we'll um, tap into the question we have on Friday. Um, player of the week for the NCAA, I'm going to go with Derek Stingley, LSU, defensive back, two interceptions, big win over Georgia, moving into the playoffs. I think he'll be a big impact as well moving forward. And then my player of the week for the NFL, Emmanuel Sanders, completely torched the Saints, lit a fire under their ass, 157 yards receiving, just phenomenal. Who you got? For for uh, NCAA, I'm gonna go with the obvious answer, Joe Burrow, 28 for 38 passing for 349 yards and four touchdowns. And I picked Joe Burrow because he snuffed out Georgia's playoff hopes. And at one point in time in the game, he was leading the team in rushing. And at the end of the game, he was second to Chris Edwards Hilaire in terms of rushing. Uh, for, for the NFL, even though they lost, I got Drew Brees, 349 yards passing, five touchdowns, no interceptions, no fumbles. Yeah, that's a pretty much a complete game. You can't ask for a better game than that from your quarterback, but you can demand a better game from your defense. And I think that's been the story behind the Saints as well. Their offense is going to score. Their offense is going to score. They have one of the best quarterbacks to ever play on their team. They have Michael Thomas, who's just a weapon whenever he's on the field. And then they have a really good backfield, but the defense has, I mean, like I said, you can score 45 points, but if your defense is going to let up 46, then you're going to lose. Right. Like their pass defense is good, but their secondary suspect. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. All right, guys, we're out of time today. We will be back on Friday and we'll get some content out there for you guys. Send in your questions. Thanks for joining us today. You already know, I'm not going to repeat how to send in your questions. You know how to do it now. You guys are doing it either by text or wherever. However you can contact us, it's all good. Um, If nothing else, Webb, I'll catch you on Friday. Have a good week.